Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. First, I want to say uh, it's uh, it's fun for me anyway, just feeling all the energy on the break. There's a lot of connections and interactions and uh, feels like a really warm, welcoming, uh, friendly place. I hope that's how it feels for you. It's a, <laughs> so as I said, uh, the, the title of this talk I'm calling Melting Into Love. After a chapter in uh, Anam Tupton Rinpoche's uh, new book, uh, The Magic of Awareness, has a, a title, Melt Into Love. Um, I was away for a few days um, last weekend. It's, it's uh, my wife Jane's birthday, and each time and this time of year, we go away for a few days to Stinson Beach and uh, and just celebrate and get away and just uh, have a few days to ourselves. <clears throat> it's great. It was uh, during the solar eclipse, you know, it was a gorgeous day, but you didn't want to look at the sun, right? So we watched it. The sun was right out there, but we watched it on our computer, you know, just, oh, yeah, isn't that a great solar eclipse? Yeah. <laughs> But it was fun. And uh, what, what one thing that I did was um, uh, read a book that I received um, in the mail. Somebody sent it through Amazon. Somebody who um, took the uh, is taking the the Awakening Joy course. Who I I don't know, but just with a we did the. The month on gratitude, and she said, "Here, I've just uh, I've really enjoyed this book, and hope you do too." And uh, Jane read it first and really liked it, and uh, I said, "Okay, well, I'll take a peek at it." And it's not usual that I read a book like in two days, a day and a half. Actually, it was, um, but this is a, a very um, Easy, quick, and I found engrossing read. And the name of the book is um, 365 Thank Yous. A, the Year a Simple Act of Daily Gratitude Changed My Life by John Kralik. Or Kralik. Anybody know this book? Okay, it's good. Um, and it's the true story of this guy who was, he starts out the book at the low point in his life. And I'll read a little bit of it. On December 22nd, 2007, I felt my life was at an irreversible personal nadir. My law firm was losing money and losing its lease. I was going through a difficult divorce, was completely out of funds, and was living in a small stuffy apartment where I often slept on the floor under an ancient air conditioner. My sons had grown distant from me. A horrible year was ending with promises that things would soon be even worse. Cheery way to start <laughs> off, right? Yeah, right? He goes on to, to say that actually his girlfriend, who he had been spending time with the previous few months, uh, had broken up with him the night before as well, and a few other not pleasant uh, circumstances. And uh, on New Year's, a few days later, he took a walk. He had planned to take it with his girlfriend, but she was no longer around, and she... Uh, so he had he had this um, planned walk up in a uh, favorite place up in the the hills in the Sierra Madre uh, 
I think near the town of Sierra Madre. And uh, he took this walk, this beautiful area, and then got lost. Right. So he was completely lost, right? This is, in every sense of the word, he was lost. And um, still not finding the path, I began to slip and stumble in the rough. As I became more lost and tired, I began to despair of getting home before dark, much less finishing something I I started in the new year. I imagined falling down into one of the ravines. If that happened, how would I survive the night? Then I heard a voice that said, until you learn to be grateful for the things you have, you will not receive the things you want. I do not know who spoke to me. I could not explain this voice or the words it said, which seemed to have no logical relation to the other thoughts in my head. I was tired and frustrated. I sat down for a minute. The voice was loud. For me, the voice was loud enough that I thought it might be important and that it might have an important message. I should not throw it away. And then he goes on to, um, uh, to say that he remembered when he was young, uh, when he was a little kid, his grandfather, let me see if I can find this, uh, gave him a lesson. Um, he was one of 12 grandchildren um, at that time, eventually the grandfather would have 24 and he would often try to, to impress us. And he gave each kid a silver dollar, which was like, you know, magical for this fellow, John. And he said, mm, he promised, the grandfather promised that if he wrote him, if the boy or the, any child wrote him a letter thanking him for this, for this silver dollar, he would send another one. That was the way thank you letters worked, he told me. And he sent one thank you letter, got another silver dollar back, but actually his mother um, kept the silver dollars because she didn't think that uh, little boys could handle it so he didn't he wasn't motivated to keep on writing more letters because they were just kind of taken away but he did remember this uh, lesson that his grandfather told him along with this voice that said until you learn to be grateful for the things you have you will not receive the things you want He was at the absolute low point of his life. He couldn't think of anything that would get him on track except that voice and that memory of his grandfather. And he decided right then, an inspiration hit him, that he would write 365 thank you notes for the coming year originally planning one thank you note a day, handwritten, emails didn't count, um, and uh, saying thank you didn't count, an actual handwritten thank you note, which as the book, which was a page turner, um, goes on uh, through the year, little by little, his whole life, turned around in quite magical, extraordinary ways. And it's not like it all of a sudden was on a, an upward in, uh, incline and was straight up. There were lots of ups and downs and there was tremendous uh, financial problems and uh, divorce problems and this and that. But each one of these resolved itself in a peculiar, mysterious way. And as he would write thank you notes, it would 
blow people's minds that they actually received. Th he was writing thank you notes to the clerk who, you know, gave him uh, his his coffee at Starbu uh, Starbucks, the, the, the barista, and uh, and every everybody he could think of, because actually he had to find, he said, who can I write a thank you note to today, you know? And so you start being on the lookout for people to thank and to feel gratitude for. But he said it had to be sincere. It wasn't, you, you couldn't fake it. It had to really come from the heart and he had to be really present for all the kindness and goodness that was coming his way. So that it was from the heart and, um, and that was uh, profoundly moving for the people who he um, shared them with, including many friends that he had, that had kind of fallen below the radar or people in his past who had been so much, uh, so instrumental in his life that he'd forgotten, that he'd forgotten to, for, to, uh, to appreciate. And old connections were made and opportunities started coming and people and the people who he who worked for him in his law office law firm which for which he had very high ideals he puts his ideals the law office uh, statement of of purpose and ideals in the back of the book um, but he had such high ideals and was charging not a whole lot of money that was part of his ideals uh, that for a while it was floundering because it wasn't, uh, you know, the the cutthroat, cutthroat competition kind of a thing. But he was also, and he had this staff that just, it sounds like they really loved him to begin with, but that it brought so much more out of them, his appreciation, that it was like this magnet for referrals and work and all good things coming to him. Um, and it was, it was really moving. It was so inspiring. And so, to me, um, clear and almost obvious, although to, to read the story, it's, uh, it, it made me um, just appreciate that much more. Just, but so clear, that's how life works. Not always, and not on your schedule, and not, oh, if I do a good work, and if I show my gratitude, then something good is going to happen to me right away, you know, instant karma. But that what he experienced was instead of focusing as he'd been doing for the previous couple of years and he got very depressed and focusing on how he'd been a failure when he focused on all the blessings and all the goodness that had come his way it just realigned his mind and that energy that was sent out begat itself, as it says in the Bible. And um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about this mysterious and quite um, lawful way I see life working. I, as I've said here before, we're, I, I see us as kind of like um, field energy fields. We are energy fields that are continually interacting with the world around us. And what we broadcast affects everyone and everything around us. And if we broadcast what's wrong, negativity, fear, anger, worry, 
Not that those things are wrong. Those things are part of being human. I know what it's like to be afraid, to be worried, to be down, to be confused. So it's not that you should somehow eliminate those from your mind or your heart. They're part of being human. But if we get caught in that rut where that's the lens through which we see life, it sets up a kind of energy where we forget or we're um, not tuned into all the goodness around us. Now, I, I've, uh, I think I've mentioned it here. I know I mentioned it in the Joy Course. Um, Dan Siegel, who is this neuroscientist who wrote The Mindful Brain and Mindsight and uh, a few other uh, neuroscience books, he says that when we have an intention in our brain, it, it primes the brain to look for and corroborate our general mm, theory of life at that time. So if you have an intention, for instance, to look for what will go wrong next, that's what you're priming the brain for. And you'll miss, as he did, all the things that are going right. And you'll confirm your theory. Yeah, you see, that was going to go wrong. Uh, I, there's something else that's going wrong. There's something else that's going wrong. If you look for what can go right or what is going right, and that you have that as a habit, and, and gratitude is one of the main connections to that mindset, you will be on the lookout, as he did, just to try to find another thank you note for the day, um, all the good things in your life, and you will, what it does, very simply, is it changes from a contracted energy field, which has its own um, resonance with other contractions around, moving to an expansive field that can feel in that gratitude, that grateful heart, um, to see all the blessings, and you're primed to notice them more. And that resonance seems to often, I found it in my life, um, attract more blessings. As uh, I've, I think I've mentioned here, Sokni Rinpoche has this, this great image of um, devotion and gratitude being like putting out your satellite dish, you know, that if you're grumbling and complaining and seeing, oh, this is wrong and that's wrong, you can't receive all the blessings. But when you say, thank you, and you open your heart, thank you, life, then you can receive all the blessings and all the good fortune and really be present for it. And it keeps that energy field going. Again, not not perfect correlation, but a general principle. And I, I have seen this in my own life. I, I, it's been a while since I've shared this, but I shared it uh, quite a while ago. A turning point in my life when I was in my early 20s, quite cynical, actually, and quite mm, pessimistic, and not thinking that things would work out. Really, that was who I was um, for the most part, and quite um, shy, and uh, minimal confidence, I couldn't say, more self-doubt than anything. 
um, that I had this epiphany uh, that was a turning point in my life where I realized that um, in one experience of uh, very powerful clarity that I was creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. I write about this in, in the book, Awakening Joy, in the chapter on uh, learning to love yourself where I could see I was setting up, as I just said, setting up my life to expect that things wouldn't work out. And in this powerful um, insight, realizing that it would, would be different if I could somehow act as if things would work out. And what I did was um, this, I devised an experiment, experiment for myself. For one week, I would act as if things would work out. I just pretended right, what it would be like for things to work out and for people to really enjoy being around me. That was, it was kind of like the, the double double edge, you know. And certainly, I had friends, my close friends, I could feel comfortable with, but meeting new people, particularly girls, we called them girls in those, those days. Um, you know, I was really anxious and shy, like I said, and I just imagined, I just pretended what it would be like to assume that uh, they enjoyed meeting me. That was a one-week experiment that's gone on for 43 years now. And it wasn't like all of a sudden everything changed, because those habits take a while to, to, to change. And I still had plenty of loads of self-doubt and self-judgment and all the you know, paranoid stuff that somebody with a lot of self-judgment in their early 20s had. Um, but I could see how different it was when I wasn't so focused on myself and just decided instead, in the assuming that I was okay, I actually had the energy and the... Um, radical shift to just pay attention and find out who the person I was with was all about. You know? a amazing, that little shift. Instead of, uh-oh, am I okay? What are they thinking of me? To, oh, hi, who, who are you? Oh, I wonder what, what's it like in there? Oh, okay, hello. From that contraction, from that that um, anxiety, to just really open up and be interested in person I was with, and even to um, appreciate and start learning to um, enjoy them, which is just one step away from from really letting the the love out. So, uh, I wanted to, if there's, we'll see if there's time to do this, but I wanted to do um, a couple of experiments for you, and then we'll get back into um, the content, but I, I want this to be more experiential than just uh, theoretical. Mm, I want to do one little uh, experiment or exercise that um, do in the, in the joy course. How many people have done the joy course here? Okay, so you, you'll just uh, bear with me again. <clears throat> and in fact, you'll probably, it'll, if there's any kind of annoyance that we're doing something that you've done, it'll be perfect because we're gonna do a two-part exercise. Um, and the first part is um, you're going to find a partner 
and for 90 seconds, I'll tell you when it's time each, you're going to grumble and complain. <laughs> I won't leave you here, but um, just to uh, have a, a first-hand experience, and then we can do the second part where you uh, will have a, a very different mindset, heart set, and uh, just to see what it's like both for it to to be in that mindset inside and on the receiving end too. So remember, this is a, uh, a place where we're practicing non-judgmental um, awareness. So whoever you're with, you know, you're, we're all friends here. Um, but um, don't get started yet, but just find somebody near you. Okay, and if you need a partner, raise your hand, and if there's an extra person, I'll be a partner. Just stand up, here's a, here, take a look around. Don't start just yet. Like you for, uh, and I'll tell you when it's time, for a minute and a half or so, um, really grumble, complain, vent, not necessarily about something deeply uh, painful for you right now. Okay, because then, I mean, that has its own, uh, there's a value, there's a value in sharing stuff that's really on your, on your mind and in your heart and also being heard. But I'm talking about just things that bug you, take you off, you know, you can, if you read the newspaper today, there's probably something in there, or uh, just, just think about something that bugs you, okay? And the person who's listening, you're just listening. It's not like you have to be completely stone-faced, but it's basically the, the person who, um, who is sharing uh, is, uh, is on, and then you'll, you'll get a chance to switch. Okay, you got it? Any questions? Okay, ready, go. Okay, stop. Just stop right where you are. Don't switch just yet. Just everybody be quiet. And first go inside. And uh, notice how you feel in your body and in your mind and in your heart right now. Whether you're, you've been, you were listening or speaking. And you might... Uh, give yourself uh, a rating from one to ten, one being really miserable and ten being ecstatically euphoric. Just where, where are you at inside? No wrong answers in this, just check in. Okay, now you can switch. Okay, once again, stop where you are and go inside again and notice what your internal experience is like, whether you are a speaker or a listener. And again, you might rate yourself one to 10. Okay, now for the other side of things. For uh, 90 seconds, the first person, um, just think of something that you're grateful for. You might it, it just uh, share for the time on that one thing, or if, uh, if you run out of things to say about that one thing, you can bring a, a second or a third blessing as well. But... Uh, Really let yourself feel it as you're sharing. Okay, ready, go. Okay, stop once again and go inside and notice your internal experience right now, how it feels in your mind, in your heart, in your body.
both the speaker and the listener. And again, you might give yourself a, a rating, one to 10. Okay, now you can switch. Okay, once again, go inside, notice your experience in your body, in your mind, in your heart. You might give yourself a rating again. And, uh, check in if there's any difference between the first part or the second part? Okay, you can thank your partner now and let's come back. Okay, so um, let's come on back. We, we have a few more things to explore. Anything, um, we could take a few comments uh, before go on with the talk. Um, anything that, notice. Yeah, right behind you. Right behind you. Yeah. Yeah. And right next Hi. to your lips. Yeah. I, one of the things that was, was uh, impactful for me was noticing that my own negativity, oh, um, that I had a very visceral response to my own negativity, but... Um, none at all emotionally to the other person's negativity. In fact, the negative session for the, in the other direction activated a real kind of opening and compassion in mm. me. And so although, so I found that interesting. Mm -hmm. And that is interesting. Sometimes just being there for somebody's difficulties can uh, be a very um, heart-opening thing where you're you're feeling compassion or you're you're present so it's not i'm not suggesting that you never share what's troubling you or that it's not wonderful and really powerful to be present for somebody else's challenges um but when you were sharing your own it was a different story uh -huh. yeah okay um anyone else it was, it was interesting because uh, I felt, I guess I felt the lowest when she was sharing her, uh, what was bothering her, mm -hmm. which was interesting to me. I had <clears throat> like a six rating for that, how I felt, an eight when I shared mine, and then the other two were tens. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that was interesting for me. Wow. Well, you, people want to hang out with you. Yeah. I, guess, <laughs> I guess that was um, empathy. I, I had that empathy yeah. um, when she was sharing her side of things. Whereas, uh, so it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. There's no right or wrong in this. Just a, is a, a, a back there and pass it back. Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, when my partner was sharing all the things she's happy about, it was uh, it was so effusive, and I felt so elated just listening to her. It was really. Um, uh, a, a joyful experience. Mm -hmm. hey, how many people found that when they, their partner was sharing what they were grateful for, it, it elevated them? Yeah, there's this, this whole um, uh, concept of elevation where we can be inspired by other people's goodness as well as their, uh, their noble qualities. Um, did anybody resent the other person's gratitude? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you feel grateful for that? You know? And yet there's a part of us that says, oh, I, I don't know if it's okay to feel good about my, my good fortune. You know, I might bum people out, right? Uh, and any other? Yeah, right, right near. Um, my experience was when I was, when I was being negative myself and being positive, I was very neutral in the middle. Um, I felt kind of excited to, to speak about my negativity. When I was finished, I actually felt kind of elated. It was really weird. I noticed that. 
And then I felt kind of elated when I spoke of the positive things and what I was grateful for because what happened is it kind of balanced out the negativity. So, you know, the negative things I was feeling were actually, you know, if I really looked at them, truthfully, they're positive things in my life hmm. for the most part. Interesting, yeah. And again, sometimes just to be able to say what's, what's on, your, on your mind or, or weighing on your, on your chest um, f- can feel good in the short term. I mean, that's why we, we like to get things off our chest. But if it's a, an ongoing pattern of that's, uh, that being how you connect with people, uh, you are um, an, in a negative energy field. Um, so you kind of get the point, right? And you can see how if somebody is carrying around one or the other of those as their main mode of being, how different the, the field and how different people might respond you know, if you're around somebody who's really negative, you probably aren't going to be saying, oh, good, I get to be with so-and-so now, you know. You kind of brace yourself, and maybe you love them deeply, but um, it takes energy in a different way than um, suffusing energy. Not always, because then there can be somebody who's just kind of like, you know, over the over the top, you know, having a great time in their life, and you're bummed out, and it's like, you know, okay, later for you, you know, you don't want to flaunt it, but if generally what happens is when you're feeling okay about life, you're not so focused on yourself, actually. There's a a saying in uh, in in Buddhism in uh, Zen. The, the famous saying by Dogen's and Master Dogen, who says, um, "To study Buddhism is to study the self. To study that is, you're studying this mind-body process, this laboratory you've been given. To study the self is to forget the self. That when you really see." this mind-body process and don't take it personally and see through the illusion of self, then you're not so self-focused. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be intimate with all things. Because when you're not so self-conscious and self-focused, then you have the energy and the interest and the desire, healthy desire, to connect with life around you. Oh, hi, who are you? And that just, you know, when, when somebody is interested in you, you know, they often will hear comments like, oh, it's so much fun to talk to you, you know. Because then, you know, the other person is getting a chance to, to really be heard and, and, and understood. So what, what keeps us, if, if you know this basic principle, you might know it, but still, it's different knowing it here and really embodying it. What keeps us from choosing the natural radiance and um, good heart that so wants to be expressed and connect with others. If you have a choice between being caught in self-judgment or love, you know, it's pretty much a no-brainer of a choice, you know, but it's not so easy to um, to make not only consciously but uh, naturally. Why? Why? What do you think? Anybody have a clue? 
our Marianne Williamson, our, our deepest fear, yeah. Who are you to think that you are beautiful, gorgeous, brilliant? Who are you not to be? Your playing small doesn't serve the world. You are a child of God. And as you liberate yourself from your own fears, then you liberate everyone else. We are afraid. Actually, it comes down to fear. We get so caught up in our fears and our practiced insecurities, not just you, if that's if you're relating to it, and just don't think, oh, he he found he knows who I am. You know, <laughs> this is the human experience we're talking about. But we get so caught up in this not being enough in some way this very deeply conditioned somehow not being enough or being preoccupied with who I am that it's really hard to break out of that prison that we create for ourselves. But every time we do, it feels so good, doesn't it? It's like, oh, I forgot, gee, I forgot, you know, it's, how did I forget again? It feels so good to love. It feels so good to uh, break out of my own small way of thinking. So we have to be tremendously compassionate because, you know, those, those are habits that we, that we are trying to free ourselves of. I want to read a little bit of um, Anam Tupton from his, his chapter, uh, Melt Into Love, around this. Mm. There's a part of us that is already enlightened, and that part of us is actually who we are. It is our true nature. There's also a part of us that is lost that is a little bit miserable with a lot of aches and pains, headaches and heartaches now and then, that part is also easily entertained by glorious illusions. That part of us is not who we really are. That part of us is a shell that's going to break down sooner or later, hopefully in the near future. Most of the time, what we see of each other is the shell that covers our true being. So we don't see each other very well, and we don't see ourselves very well either. Most of the time, what we see as who I am and as who you are is merely the shell, the divine incognito. The incognito is separated, lost, and disconnected from the inexpressible source. It is what we see most of the time in ourselves and in others. It's not who we are. Bring a little bit more. When we meditate and pray and open our hearts, then unselfing happens. We, 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 well, I'll just read. Unselfing is very beautiful because in that effortlessness of dissolving self, then the melting happens. This melting is not traditional spiritual terminology. It's made up, but it works. We just melt. Our fear melts, our sorrow, our contraction, our pretension, our passive aggressiveness, and our hopes all begin to melt. All of our mind strategies begin to melt. Our strategy to be successful, to get what, whatever we want from God, to make enlightenment happen sometime in the future, etc., etc. The essence of spirituality is actually just to melt. We melt all the ideas of who we are, where we are going, and what we're doing. We just melt everything. When we melt everything, what melts is not our true nature, but our painful ego. And where we land is this eternal ground, the sorrowless land within, which is always there. Also, uh, I won't read it, but uh, 
Sokni Rinpoche's new book, Open Heart, Open Mind, Awakening the Power of Essence Love. And he, actually I'll read just one little piece of it. Mm. An unconditional kindness, gentleness, and affection born of openness and intelligence that can be nurtured into a bright burning flame that warms the whole world. Mm. This is who we really are when we melt through the confusion and the fear and the habits of mind. And all it takes is not believing your stories. All it takes is really an honest, good, wise look at your essential goodness. And as you do that, you also start to see it in everyone else. And it's right there. All it takes, especially if you can get in touch with that place that's not afraid, is looking for the good. Looking for the good in here, for the good around you. And as soon as you start, like that fellow, the 365 thank yous found, as soon as you start looking for the good in your life and in life and in others around you, it's like you're melting that prison in your mind. So I share that with you as a mm, an invitation to practice shifting your energy field to just see see what it's like. You might take the experiment that I did 43 years ago to just pretend that you're okay if you're if it's not if it's not so available to you or even more as a basic practice of mine when anybody says a kind word to you or smiles at you or is genuinely interested in you or sends any kind of simplest good energy to you don't miss it. Let in the love. And not only feeling the connection that you feel with whoever it is on the sending side, but seeing them as an agent of life, letting you know that you are loved. That's really what's going on. If you, if you get beyond the, the, the names and the forms, it's just life playing with itself. So if you can just see, oh, life is, is saying, oh yes, worthy of love. Not to say, hey, aren't I cool? But, which, you know, you are and you can. But even more, who you are is not that small self of, am I good enough? How could you not be good enough? As Marianne Williamson says, you know, you're playing small doesn't serve the world you're a perfect expression of life that's worthy of love. And when you see that, then you open up all the love that you have to share. And it keeps coming back to you, for the most part, anyway. So, it's, it's about time to, to go and uh, have a short loving kindness and Sorry, there's not time for questions, but I'll be here if you have any anything that you want to bring up afterwards. Just um, let yourself relax. And uh, as you sit here, just feel your own sincerity of heart that would bring you to the monastery on a Thursday night to meditate and be with friends, share the Dharma. Isn't that basic goodness? 
Don't miss it. Appreciate it. Relax into it. It's what others see who enjoy you. And for a moment, celebrate it and wish yourself well. May I feel all the goodness and the love inside of me. And share my love well. May I feel the peace inside and express it in the world. May I awaken to my true nature. And then to share that with everyone, may all beings everywhere awaken to their true nature and express their love well see through their fears and relax into their true being. And may our coming here together uh, be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings awaken to happiness and the highest peace. Thank you very much for your attention. Nice to share the evening with you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.